Maureen Cole is a spirited and bubbly 19-year-old dance and exercise science major at Hope College. She has an infectious positivity to pair with her beaming dimples and a boldness she bears when talking to any and everyone about the reason for the crucifix around her neck or the importance of seeking help for mental health struggles. But it's the dazzling brightness of Maureen's personality that made a profound impact when she wasn't any of those things. She couldn't be. And really, um, I don't know how to describe it. This is Maureen's mom, Marlise Cole. Her personality totally melted away. She was like cardboard. It was just cardboard. There was, there was nothing. It was very blank and one-dimensional. There were lifestyle changes for Maureen, too. She would increase her exercise. Okay, we thought well, that was all right because pandemic, you know, she's not sitting around watching TV. She's doing something productive. So, you know, and physical exercise is good. She, she kind of started um, modifying her diet. At first, it seemed like she was um, just eating really clean and healthy and, you know, just eliminating a lot of different, um, you know, things that weren't as um, healthy. Um, You know, did I notice her genes, like, getting a little looser? Yep, but I thought, again, that she was just kind of, um, you know, she's a dancer and she was doing a lot more exercising, so she was kind of honing her dancer body, maybe getting more lean because of the exercising. At first, it seemed like these changes were inspired by the pandemic. The restrictions on in-studio dancing inspired Maureen's vigorous exercise at home, and the healthy eating spiraled out from there. The lack of community from in-school attendance gave Maureen a wealth of free time to devote to her new supposedly healthier lifestyle. But the more intense it became, the less these developments seemed to be about the pandemic, and Maureen's parents started to see the baggier genes and the increasingly restrictive diet as something a whole lot more. Yeah, those were all huge red flags. Um, that, you know, looking back, those were signs and um, they were pretty clear. So we knew we had to start doing something and start talking about it. Welcome to Detroit Stories, a podcast on a mission to boldly share the stories of the people and communities in Southeast Michigan. These are the stories that fascinate and inspire us. This episode is brought to you by the Pime Missionaries, Catholic priests and brothers evangelizing in 19 countries around the world and celebrating 75 years of service in Detroit. Visit PimeUSA.org to learn more. Eating disorders don't come clashing a gong. They start with a whisper, a slithery voice that clinicians refer to as ED, E-D for eating disorder. And it's this voice that distorts reality, makes someone believe they are less than, that there is much to be changed. That's how it started for Maureen Cole. So when the pandemic started in 2020, I was... I was kind of actually excited to go home because I, I knew deep down I did I did not like school. I was always, I always thought of myself as shy and introverted and didn't really like being around people. But but as I I think about it now, um, I think I just, I think I just had some social anxiety and really really cared about what people thought about me. Regardless of how Maureen felt about school, she was really good at it. She was a straight-A student in the National Honor Society and taking AP classes. She also juggled all this with a grueling dance schedule, practicing five days a week. 
Maureen is an incredible dancer. She's been taking lessons since she was three years old, so while Zoom classes were a welcome change for Maureen, Zoom dance was another thing. I was really not looking forward to taking dance classes on Zoom at home. So those few weeks in school and and through dance, we were just kind of like everything was up in the air. We really didn't know what was what was going to happen. There was a lot of, in everyone's case, a lot of uncertainty in the world. So I think I think I was trying to convince myself and push my emotions down and say that like, hey, this is all going to be fine. It'll just blow over. Like you get you just get a few weeks of a break. But everything didn't blow over, and the cancellation of her in-person classes became less temporary and more permanent. Maureen got inventive. She bought a Marley mat a special ballet floor mat for her basement, and set up a full-length mirror with a ballet bar so she could dance from home. So I kind of made my basement like my little oasis, and we would take, you know, Zoom classes online. And, you know, as, as annoying as it is, it was nice to see other people, and it was, it was something to do, and it was something to help keep you in shape for, for dancing. As the months rolled on, and Maureen slowly realized the temporary fixes she had set up were becoming her new normal, something changed. She wasn't sure when or how it happened, but at some point, the exercise stopped being the band-aid and started becoming an obsession, a tool to fix what she thought was broken about herself. Before this moment in time, I did not have any sort of bad relationship with exercise and food. I would eat what I wanted, but I, I was okay with how I looked. I was at a normal weight for my height. I was, I've always been pretty tall, um, and I, I knew that everyone was different, and I was totally not in that eating disorder mindset at all. Maureen's junior year ended and senior year began with more of the same. More Zoom classes, more Zoom dance classes. Maureen prepared for the SATs, took virtual tours of colleges, and filled out applications all amidst the hovering storm cloud of COVID. I, I knew deep down like I was kind of lost because I was, I, I was missing dance. I didn't know where life would go out from here. It was uncertain, and I I felt like things were just kind of this. That was the start of things like spiraling out of control. That I didn't have that control um, anymore. A lot of whirlwind things were happening, and I felt like I could not I could not control it. I could not. I didn't know what was going on, and I couldn't express my emotions in this way. I I didn't know what was going on. I really I I felt a little bit lost at, in this sense. Over Christmas break of her senior year, Maureen had a routine physical with her doctor. And they weighed me, and I had, I guess I had lost 10 pounds over the course of, of a year. And they're like, oh, okay. You know, that, that, you know that's interesting. I, at first, I w- you know, I wasn't always a normal weight. And then you, someone at a normal weight loses 10 pounds, and it's like, okay, you look, you, you're a little bit, you know, my parents said I was a little bit trimmer or a little bit fit, like fitter, because I was doing the exercises. But it still wasn't a cause for concern yet because I was still having a good relationship with food. So I I noticed that and I was like, oh, oh, I'm getting I'm getting kind of like a, attention about this. Like this is this is kind of cool. This is kind of this is kind of nice. I I figured that like you know, oh, I'm getting, I'm getting fitter. I'm getting like, I look good. I'm, I look, I never had a problem with my body, but now that I kind of started into this eating disorder, now I, I had a problem with my body. Now it's like, oh, I could, 
I could keep going. This is the, this is the first moment where I was like, I could keep going with this. Like th this makes me feel good. In a world that is so uncertain, this makes me feel good. The slippery slope started with just a couple dietary adjustments. She started with cutting sweets, then carbs. By February, she was pleased to learn she had lost another 10 pounds. Her exercise obsession added an obsession with food now. She could not stop thinking about food. She poured over cookbooks for hours and became a frenzied chef, cooking countless meals and baking sweets that she never touched. It's like I didn't want to lose weight, but I wanted to, to keep this feeling going. So I felt like in order to keep this feeling going, I had to restrict my food. I think that's what it was. I did not, I didn't want to lose weight, but that, that's how it happened. And then once that happened, the anorexic brain takes over and it says, no, this is okay. Like you look really good, even though you don't. To keep up the momentum, she cut out condiments and salad dressings, red meat, then dairy all while maintaining a rigorous exercise schedule that demanded even more calories. I, I would basically stick to, stick to fruits and veggies and um, protein. I, I wanted to convince myself that I was really, really healthy. But then at a certain point in time, really, really healthy is really, really sick. Like it, it, just, it just slides over to that. So there was a fine line and I was, I was slipping really, really fast. Maureen was crossing the line and it became noticeable, even to her. And at this point, I kind of figured I had an eating disorder, but I didn't, I didn't want to tell anybody because I was perfect. I wanted to be perfect. And I thought that, oh, maybe people will like me more if I'm, if I'm like this. Maybe I'll have like a better personality. People will see me differently. Yeah, they definitely saw me differently, but not in a good light. And I did not have a better personality because having anorexia and having an eating disorder makes you have such a monotone personality, you are not yourself anymore. I was no longer bubbly, even with my family or friends. I was really, I was really not myself. I, I wasn't sad, but I was, I was just angry a lot. I was just not myself. I just, you know, just not myself because you're not, you're not firing properly. Eating disorders are sneaky. You know, you try to, you try to be perfect for everyone. So you don't want to, you don't want to say you have a problem or ask for help. You want to appear that you're perfect. So you don't want to ask for help. And if people say something, you're going to be like, deny it. No, I look fine. I look fine. I'm totally fine. I feel fine. But she wasn't fine. And you could tell just by looking at her. And in the spring, her dance teacher called Maureen's parents. She called my parents and she's like, I've dealt with people with anorexia before. And this is what it is. She has anorexia. And we're like, yeah. That's when my parents were like, this is a big, big problem. Her parents were panicking. They got Maureen a dietitian and a physician well-versed in eating disorders. She started getting frequent weight checks. At home, they would beg her to eat ice cream, a glass of milk, anything, as they saw their daughter fading before them. Maureen had lost her period and was losing clumps of hair. Her veins were sticking out more. She had extremely low energy and was cold all the time. She bruised easily, but the most noticeable symptom was Maureen's personality. I barely laughed like I had used to, and you know, someone who was really bubbly and goofy with her family and close friends was now acting how like I was in school. And it was not helping me become a better version of myself at all. 
it was causing me to go farther and farther away from from relationships, from people, from from God's purpose for me, and to get further and further away from God. Maureen graduated from high school and decided to attend Hope College to study exercise science and dance, feeling hopeful that in college, everything would be different and her eating disorder would just fade away. So I, I honestly thought going to college would help with my eating disorder, thinking that it would just go away on its own. Yeah, right. It, it did not just go away on its own. It got increasingly worse and first semester of college. I would say during this time, I was probably 95% Ed and 5% myself. So Ed was was really taking control over me. And it's not just taking control of like your eating disorder, taking control of your personality, of every decision you make. It's it's all encompassing. It's It's the devil, basically. Every single thought would come back to food and my eating disorder and body image. In her first semester, Maureen was juggling eight classes, student congress, and auditions and practices for dance. The stress was starting to get to her. It was a really heavy workload. I was homesick and the people at Hope were great, but I was still really, really struggling with homesickness, anxiety. I thought crying multiple times a day was normal and thinking about everything that I had to do and not being able to get any of it done was a normal thing for college students. And I realized that my eating disorder was not going away and having this anxiety and stress at school made Ed worse. Maureen went home for fall break in October. She hadn't seen her family in a month and a half and was thrilled to see them. At her doctor's appointment, she was still the same weight she had been in the summer. She hadn't gained a pound. The doctor took her vitals and found that her heart rate was frighteningly low. She was sent to a cardiologist to get an EKG. Every night when she went to sleep, she could feel her heartbeat. I could feel it when I tried to go to sleep, but I thought it was just my anxiety, and it literally did felt, feel like I was slowly dying, which I was. This reality, that she was slowly losing her life, finally scared Maureen enough to want to battle anorexia. She no longer wanted to nurse this secret desire and keep it from her parents. She was all in on battling the disease with her family. Marlise and her husband pulled Maureen out of dance at Hope. The dean was very accommodating about her classwork and finals. The next step was finding a program for Maureen. But with COVID, an inpatient program did not seem like the safest option. It was really difficult to find a doctor uh, who could help coordinate Maureen's care, especially during the pandemic. Um, places were being shut down and actually finding a doctor who had experience um, taking care of patients with eating disorders is not that common. Um, so I filled up notebooks and I, I asked God to direct me and I did searches online and I talked to people and I looked things up and I just filled up a notebook with all kinds of information and I was just coming up pretty empty with no help. Marlies found someone who was taking new patients, but she couldn't get an appointment until April. This was the fall. You know, it's like, well, what do I do in between? I can't wait that long till April. Marlies finally found a doctor taking patients that could get Maureen in in December. She just needed to hold the gap for a few weeks. In her frantic web searches, Marlies came across a program called Maudsley. It's a faith-based home recovery program utilized by the University of Michigan that incorporates therapy, homework, and family therapy. It was an answer to prayers. I said, Maureen, you know, I explained the program to her and I said, do you want to do this? And she's like, yes, let's get started. 
so we would do that. We would, um, every day we'd have a little own therapy session. Sometimes it was with me. Sometimes it was with the whole family. Sometimes we'd have one with, um, she would go downstairs. Her therapist from Hope, her school, uh, gave her a workbook that um, helped with her eating disorders. And it was faith-based, which was huge. Um, that so that she incorporated her faith into her therapy and her working through this. I was eating different things. I was challenging different foods and making pie, and I felt I felt a little bit better, way better. Not a little bit. I felt way better than I had been. I was, you know, my hair was growing a little bit back, and I didn't know why. I had this urge to do this, but again, it was, it was God saying that you need, you need to get better. And I didn't know why. I don't know why I wanted to get better. There was just this urge. There was God telling me that you need to get better because your whole life was ahead of you. There was something in your life that you were going to do that is going to be great. And you cannot fulfill what I have planned for you if you are struggling like this. If you are not yourself, you can't you can't do what I want you to do. God did not want me in that place. He want he want he has a, a, a job for everyone. He has a, a reason. He has a plan for everyone. And that was not my plan. And I needed to get better in order to fulfill God's plan for me. Maureen was diligent about her recovery. She worked studiously on her Maudsley homework. The time she usually devoted for exercise became time for intensive talk therapy with her family and gentle meditative walks outside listening to music. Within a few weeks at home, she gained five pounds, an astounding feat for someone with anorexia. The changes taking place in Maureen's life were not only physical or mental, but spiritual. I had this yearning for deeper understanding that I knew could only come from God. And I, I wasn't just praying for myself during this time, but I was praying for other people. And I, I had way more awareness of my gratitude for things and for people who had it worse than I did. It, it was just something inside of me just was yearning for this deeper sense, deeper relation, deeper connection. You know, God was saying to me, read, read your Bible. And, and I had this urge to read my Bible. I, I, I had just these urges and you know, this, this relationship with God was like a catalyst for asking for help. And, you know, at the end of the day, I, you, you're sitting there crying, crying in my dorm room and, you know, your friends are out somewhere and your parents are two and a half hours away. You don't have anyone except, except God. And that, that's all you need to get through it. As she grew deeper in relationship with God, she grew deeper in relationship with herself. And she started to love herself. We noticed a change in her personality almost immediately when she started to um, make a turn in the positive direction. It was just so beautiful and joyful to see that. She was starting to let go of that eating disorder voice in her head. And um, her personality came back. Um, the morning that we knew was we were looking for her. And... Um, once she started eating and feeling better and having a better attitude about food and nutrition, oh gosh, her personality popped back. We saw that um, happy, joyful, silly girl that we knew was in there, and we saw her dimples again when she was smiling. It, it was just 
amazing. Today, Maureen is back in school at Hope, taking dance. She continues to do Maudsley homework and meet with a therapist and a dietitian. She has returned to her weight before her eating disorder. But for her, the biggest thing to come out of this experience is her new, deeper relationship with God. The role of faith was central to her recovery. Um, she's not fully recovered, um, but she's in a really good place. But the role of faith was central to her and to us as a family. Um, you know, when she would be struggling, um, I think she sought out reading the Bible and she sought out talking to God. And I would encourage her in those dark moments when she was at school and we were at home, I would encourage her to, you know, turn this over to God and um, just talk to him about it, just um, pray about it. Uh, we prayed about it as a family um, when she was with us here at, and not at school. And when she was at school, we'd still pray about it as a family together um, for direction, for guidance, for just support. I'm really proud about Maureen um, handling this. And I'm really grateful to God for um, just being with us this whole time and helping Maureen. And I'm really proud that Maureen looked to her faith when she was in this dark place. I know she, um, growing up, we've always been a faith-based family. And when this happened, she didn't turn away from it. She turned toward her faith and God. And I'm really proud about that. I am just so grateful to that whole experience. I, I gained more weight. I, I'm, I can now say that I am, I think it was March. I think it was March where I was, I was finally at the weight that I was before this whole thing started. I was at my normal weight and it looked good. I looked good. And so what was that? A little bit more than a year to, you know, which is a really short amount of time. It's a, it's a short, short time, but, but it's good that it's a short, short time. I'm not saying that the mental stuff still isn't there, but because, you know, the mental, the mental blockage is still there. It's just fighting it because I know that this is not what I want to go back to, you know, so I can now say that in March and then it continued on. I didn't, I didn't, I don't think I lost anymore. Continued on to stay stable uh, up until now. It's what going to be July that I'm, that I'm at a healthy weight, that I'm at the weight that I was at. So it takes it takes courage. It takes, you know, God inside of you saying that you need, this is not who you are. You need to get better. You need to do this so you can live out my purpose for you. Because that was not my purpose. Detroit Stories is a production of Detroit Catholic and the Communications Department of the Archdiocese of Detroit. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by the Pime Missionaries, Catholic priests and brothers evangelizing in 19 countries around the world and celebrating 75 years of service in Detroit. Visit PimeUSA.org to learn more.